Hi, and welcome to our Figuring Out Families podcast brought to you by Magellan Media. It's in the family we learn the skills of living together. We first learn that we are loved, understood, wanted and cared for. And in most cases, it's in the family we are formed to be who we are. However, it's also in the family we can experience our biggest hurts, failures and tragedies. All families have issues, some small, some big. And it's not easy being part of a family and we all have to learn as we go. For over 70 years, the Magellan has provided advice, shared stories of family life and helped family members deal with their problems. Over the years, we've helped thousands with their family issues. Join us in this new podcast series where we will talk to a variety of people and experts. Together, we'll set about figuring out families to help you and your family to be the best. Hi, I'm David Ahern. Welcome to Figuring Out Families. My guest today is Dennis Fitzgerald. Dennis recently stepped down as Executive Director of Catholic Social Services in Victoria after more than 11 years at the helm. CSSV is the peak body for Catholic social service agencies in Victoria, with about 50 member agencies serving more than 200,000 people a year, many of whom are amongst our most vulnerable and poor. Dennis has had a long and varied career. Welcome to Figuring Out Families. Hello, Dennis. Hi, David. Thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure. Glad you're here. You recently stepped down as Executive Director, as I said. What is the role of uh, Catholic Social Services for Victoria, for people who don't know? Okay. Well, there are many Catholic Social Service agencies. As you said before, there are about 50 agencies operating in Victoria. Some of them household names, like St Vincent de Paul Society, which has a, a conference in nearly every parish. Some specialising in particular areas, so MacKillop Family Services, a particular service for, for children in difficulty, children who can't live at home, Jesuit Social Services, uh, multifaceted, but a particular focus on the criminal justice sphere, Good Shepherd Youth and Family Services, the youth and families, particularly for women and girls, aged care, Aboriginal Catholic Ministry, a wide range of activities across the state, and they all want to work together, so they voluntarily come together under the Catholic Social Services umbrella to get to understand each other, yep. to be able to advocate on government policies, on public policy, to come together to interact better with the broader church of which they are part. Right. And we facilitate that that public policy advocacy, that reflection on identity and belonging, and we build a network that is good in itself, that people enjoy coming to events, meeting other like-minded people, and that network facilitates that advocacy, that reflection on identity that for, for many is the driver of what they do. Right. In your time there, Dennis, uh, what were some of the major challenges for families that you saw? And you must have seen uh, a number of challenges. Yes, in- indeed, David. There are challenges that recur through the ages. I think uh, poverty brings its own challenges for families. Poverty that can exclude children from school activities, from excursions, can make them feel outsiders. Poverty that can lead to homelessness, to overcrowding, 
there are 40,000 families on the public housing waiting list in Victoria. So that's quite an issue for, uh, for many families. There are the issues of violence within families. At the conclusion of the recent Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse, the, the, the President reflected that violence, abuse of children within families is a major issue for our society. And violence within families, family violence, that we've become so much more conscious of over, over recent decades. That it's been there for a long time, but, but the numbers observed are climbing because we now know what to, to look for. Cultural challenges, as people come to Australia from, from various cultural environments where family dynamics are different. So you, you see some quite challenging situations of, of the roles within a family needing to change rapidly. So in Australia, uh, many government payments will go to, to the, the mother, which changes internal family dynamics from what they might have been in some other countries. Corporal punishment is not acceptable in Australia, but it's the norm in some other cultures. And if it suddenly becomes unacceptable, it changes the power relationship within a family. Mm. So that, that, that cultural dimension is quite a challenge and that, that's something that keeps changing as, as the cultural mix within the society changes. I think um, that the value that we give to the family conceptually has changed over time. We tend now not to talk about the family in the same positive terms that, that we did decades ago. That has an impact on the well-being of families because it can lead us away from offering the support, the, the positive support for, for, for the family, support for those that don't have the, that network of relationships that is the family, but who need such support for, for flourishing themselves and remedial support where, where, there, where there are breakdowns, where, where there are challenges within the family. Dennis, you mentioned uh, 40,000 in Victoria waiting for a home on the public waiting list. What's that figure Australia-wide? Well, one report is 180,000 families across the country Goodness. on public housing waiting lists. That's an yeah. enormous number of people. It is. So those people would typically be in overcrowded Accommodation, the homelessness, the way the term's used by the Australian Bureau of Statistics, includes sleeping rough, it includes unstable, insecure accommodation, couch surfing. People uh, living in cars? Living in, people living in cars, people living in, in boarding houses that don't offer long-term security, and it includes uh, extreme overcrowding. A lot of the families on the waiting list would be living with other family members in extended families in overcrowded conditions. A lot would be in temporary accommodation with, with friends in, in, a, in a house that's vacant for a short period of time, yep. perhaps in, in a motel. Uh, some would be in cars floating around from friend to friend, from family group to family group. Some, a small number, but, but some are on the streets. And it's right. one of the saddest aspects of our society to, to see typically a, a mother and child on the streets 
or trying to get a room on an ad hoc basis in a boarding house or from one of the emergency housing and, providers. And you see it more and more. I mean, Melbourne, the, the number of homeless on the city streets has just gone up dramatically in the last 30, 40 years. And I imagine it's the same situation in Sydney, Brisbane, right around the country. It is. In fact, it's, it's worse for the, or Darwin in uh, some parts of the country, right. worse than Melbourne. And that puts a lot more pressure on uh, the agencies, whether it be the Salvos or St Vinnie's or whoever, to uh, help these people. It, it, it does. A lot of those programs aren't solely family-focused. A lot of them deal with individuals, many individuals on the streets. One family dimension of that is response to family violence. And there's been... A, quite an increase over the last couple of decades of the emergency accommodation, shelters for women and children. Uh, a number of our members provide that service, um, Vincent Care, uh, Macaulay Community Services for Women, Good Samaritan Inn. The fa family unit, come, or mother and children, yeah. will come in, seek that accommodation and be accepted in. The children will often take time to adjust to, to a communal living environment. There's often been trauma in their backgrounds that, that needs a lot of attention. Right. Uh, so they need, they need shelter immediately, but they also need deeper, broader, long-term care to yeah. help them to, to flourish in, in their lives. So is it fair to say that uh, domestic violence, I mean, you mentioned poverty, obviously poverty and not having enough money is a huge issue, but does a lot of it get back to domestic violence? That's, that's a huge issue. So sadly is direct abuse of children right. in some cases and neglect generally, mm. um, often because of mental illness, in the background, yep. In some cases, uh, drug or other addiction. In some cases, lack of skills, parenting skills, that, mm. that that lead to a neglect of the child that brings children to the attention of the authorities. Yeah. And uh, then, some in some cases, children are removed from the family. In other cases, a family goes into a program where people work with them to help them identify the issues involved, take the steps, learn the skills to help those children live what we would call a normal life, give yeah. them the opportunities. Yeah. You mentioned drugs. Uh, that's an interesting one. There's no doubt, and if you see police reports, TV reports generally, uh, drugs are a huge issue uh, amongst young people, but obviously uh, within families too. Um, that, that wouldn't be anecdotal. That would be a, a true thing to say. Would that be right? Uh, it is. I can't quantify that, but, but it's absolutely one of the factors. And um, yeah, I think it, to take a step back, look at what, what are the positives in families? You know, that, that, uh, just when we look at all these things that go wrong, looking at, as an ideal, I guess a, a loving caring, supportive, safe environment yeah. where people have a commitment to each other. So that, that gives a sense of solidity. It gives a base that we can return to. And it gives an environment where we develop and we learn. We learn day-to-day -day skills, but we also learn values and attitudes. Sure. And um, 
where, where there's a commitment, an underlying commitment. So that, that gives a, a safety and a security. That mm. When things are going to go wrong, they, things always go wrong. Mm. But, but we can, we're confident that, that we can come back. So that's, that, that's the, the environment, that's the sea in which yes. we swim. Yep. And when things mm. go badly wrong, yeah. that environment is shattered. Sure. And sure. things that can shatter it are mental health of, of, of parents, in some cases severe mental health of another family member. Mm. So you, you've lost that security, you've lost that environment that you can come back to, that you feel safe within, that you can flourish within. Sure. Poverty too challenges that. It, it cracks open that space. So is there a cause and effect? I mean, you talk about mental health, you talk about drugs, one sort of leads to the other, the other leads to the other, if you know what I mean. It, it, it does. So the, uh, there's a study dropping off the edge that Jesuit Social Services and Catholic Social Services Australia have brought out several times now over the past couple of decades. There we see a concentration of, of disadvantage, if you like, that... Uh, Typically, as you're saying, David, you don't get poverty on its own. Typically, well, m- mental health might be an exception. Sure. And there can be lots of different drivers. I'm not an expert on it, but I, mental, any of us could, could be subject to, 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 to mental ill health. Drugs is usually a cause yeah. and there's an effect. Yes. And, and that can lead to other drivers are the facets of disadvantage yeah 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 uh, intergenerational factors are at play indeed and that can be some of the most complex knots to unwind where i mentioned before that the habits the values the skills yes. that, that we learn in this this safe environment that that's that the sea in which we swim if that's absent or dysfunctional yeah. over generations and you, you get a generation of people who might lack the parenting skills that's one of the remedial features yeah. too that, that uh, we see many of our member organizations in fact focus on uh, cooking yeah Ch- uh, parent basic parenting skills the maternal child and health service the health centers were a key part of our social infrastructure right they actually, in Victoria, for, for financial reasons, they were cut back significantly in the 1990s. Right. And, and many observers think that was one of the worst decisions governments have made for quite a while. Yeah. That probably, well, it was related to, to government finances, but it was most probably also related to a view of society, that if we don't recognise the family or don't recognise sets of relationships or behaviours as good, yes. then they're not going to show up in mm. government programs or indeed in the programs of parishes mm. or, or of other parts of society. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's, um, yeah. Well, yeah. It's a good point. And what you're saying about poverty, it's the same when you find consecutive generations of the, of the worker, whether it be a man or woman, who are out of work. And their children are born into that uh, situation, and invariably they don't find work for whatever reason, and it just goes on from one generation to another. It's like the violence thing with domestic abuse. If your father abused you, uh, 
figures show that uh, you could be an abuser yourself. It's got to be cut off somewhere, but it, it, it's a problem from generation to generation. It is. That, that's, that's far from the complete picture. Sure. But that, that's cert- certainly an, an element. And um, employment, many say, is, is part of the solution as well, that, that we, we have solutions around. We need to address skills. Yes. Attitudes. We need to help people in relationships. We need to help people build the sense of commitment yeah. that, that's central to this this safety, this 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 home base that we can return to. Mm. But employment does seem to be an important part of, of building better solutions. Yeah, I would have thought it would be mm. integral. A good education yeah. will give you a, a much better start in life. I mean, it's fair enough if you have a, a comfortable middle-class upbringing, which I did, and I'm very fortunate and thank my parents every day for it. Indeed. Yeah, one statistic that haunts me is that in Victoria, only 6% of male adult prisoners have completed high school or equivalent. That says a lot. It does have very. Not that lack of education causes people to, to move into crime, but, but the correlation is strong. It's part of a cluster of, of, of features. And one of the best yep. things we can do there, it follows, is to help people stay at school. Yes. Uh, Education's be- vital. I think everyone yeah. would agree with that. Well,. <laughs> Let's work so that everybody does indeed agree, David. That that would be yeah. a good chapter to, to open. So you're saying some people don't agree? <laughs> well, we don't behave as though we agree with that all the time. If, if our society as a whole thought that education was central, we would be doing much more. We in have, terms of money? In terms of money, but also in terms of how we address the people at the margins of the education system, how we address education for the children in out-of-home care. They're the most vulnerable children in the society. There is some great education work going on within the out-of-home care agencies, but the sad reality is that their educational engagement is much less than that of the society as a whole. People incarcerated within the youth justice system right. have much lower educational engagement. Yes. There's a very good government school there, Parkville College, established 10 years ago. There's a commitment by many within the system to educational focus. There are enormous challenges because we now have many young people on remand which means they're there for a short time and it's hard to run an educational program when you don't know how long people are going to be there. We have people entering with grave deficiencies in their educational background. But the bottom line is, if education is central to wellbeing, then we need to do whatever it takes. Right. Education needs to be as important as stopping people escaping. Sure. If, if we're to achieve the stated outcome, which is to bring these young people to the stage where they can play their part in society. Well, it should be about rehabilitation. And uh, we like to think that that's what governments uh, around Australia and in other places are all about. But as we know, it doesn't always work out that way. Unfortunately, it's a bit of a revolving door for some people. They, they sort of fall through the gaps, don't they? 
They do indeed. So adult prison is a revolving door. Recidivism is about 50%. About 50% of people, when they're released, go back within two years. In the youth justice system, we're focusing on some of the grave difficulties in running the system, but we're not going beyond that to put in the resources and the commitment over time, the, the, the long-term programs to ensure that people who come into that care of the state yes. re- receive the, the support that they need. Mike mentioned education. You, you could go beyond that to the, to the skills. Go back to what we talked about, the safe environment where people have a commitment to each other's well-being, where we learn the values yes. and, and the skills and the relationships that, that serve us through our lives. For every young person who's in trouble, we need to do whatever we can to to build an environment, to, to lead them into that sort of environment that that I believe that uh, is a crucible for human flourishing. Yes, hmm? yes, and uh, you're saying, Dennis, the family unit is the crux of the matter here. It's totally crucial. It is. The family unit is a crucible that, at its best, can enable each of us, each member, to flourish. It gives that security, that commitment over time, a place that we can return to where we're safe, and it enables us to, to grow, to, to learn values, to be tested, to fail, to rise again Correct. in safety. Many people are outside that structure, Yes, of course. Yeah. Well- well, some, some children don't have love, and love is uh, absolutely critical. Absolutely. Yeah. The vitality of that family unit is not, in fact, dependent on an, any particular socioeconomic setting. Right. Now, p- right. Poverty can be a challenge, but that, sure. that, that's absolutely not saying that, that people who are materially poor can't have a very solid... Could be spiritually uh, quite rich. Spiritually rich, and uh, people survive, people thrive at different levels of material well-being. Mm. It, um, the, 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 the family, at its best, is of enormous value. It, it's probably... Well, it's everything, really, in many respects, isn't it? It, it has to be. It is, and so, yeah, we've been, I've been blessed myself uh, mm. with, with that support at, at different stages of my life. Many people aren't part of such a family. But the features that family brings, I'd suggest, are features that, that we as a community, we as individuals, as a church, as church agencies, as parishes, we as citizens impacting on our government need to, to work towards. that. So take a single refugee. Many refugees, asylum seekers coming into the country, come on their own. Yes. Uh, so here they are in Melbourne, in Australia. If we want in Australia for our society as a whole to flourish, we need every member to flourish. One dysfunctional member, one person with mental health problems, one person with severe addictions disrupts the rest of society. So mm. we need everybody to flourish, that we all mm. flourish. So that person hasn't got a family. In Australia, we still need to work together in, in various parts of our, our complex community 
to give them a sense of security, mm. of, of relationship, of belonging, so, yes. th- so that, th- that they can bring out the best in themselves. Well, it's basically what every human needs. They're basic needs, aren't they? And we can take them for granted. But uh, yep. And if there's nothing for that person who's new to a country, doesn't understand the culture, then it must be very, very difficult. Very difficult. Very difficult for people with mental health issues. We've mentioned them a couple of times. Very difficult for children who are taken away from their families. The legislation in Victoria actually requires that the secretary of the department treat the children as a good parent would. Bernie Geary was the commissioner for children and young people some years ago. He brought out a report. That was his heading, as a good parent would, Mm -hmm. because we don't get close to that. No, a good good parent would provide the loving, for, forgiving, teaching, nurturing, yes, support where we can return to when we fail, where we have the confidence to to test things to, mm-hmm. to grow. The kids, the children who don't have a sort of family support that that some of us have been so lucky, so blessed to have, need the society. Yeah. all parts of the society, to, to work to build that structure for them. That's a good point, and that brings me to a question. How has an individual or as a family um, help struggling families? It could be a family next door who are clearly having issues. What can we do? Can we do anything, or do we leave it up to agencies? We can't leave it up to agencies, David. We can't leave it up to government. They have essential roles, I think, in building a society that, that, that truly enables children to flourish, but they can only work as part of a broader community that, that values that family unit, that, that values the, the, the safety, the support, the love, the security, the, the, the long-term duration, the commitment that a family brings. And I mentioned before the, the, the demise or the cutback in maternal child health a couple of decades ago. My guess is was connected to the fact that it wasn't valued, wasn't on the economic scorecard. And um, so each individual can, I think, reflect on their own blessings or, or, or the gaps in, in their lives in the society. I think we can reach out to individuals, right? To, to to families, to, to groups of people in, in our immediate surroundings. In, in the church structure, I think we're challenged to reach out to our, 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 our worshipping community. Mm. The, um, so many times you see people coming into church on their own. People move into a new area and they'll go to a church. That should be a welcoming environment. Mm. That, that's, part of a, this, that's part of building a healthy Society, and it's part of what the gospel offers, I think. Mm. Um, many parishes have family support groups, you know, the Passionist Family Support Movement. We've been lucky to be in teams of Our Lady over the years. It's not primarily family support, but it is <laughs> in reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so activities within the parish, a sense of welcome, a sense of inclusion, wanting people to be part of a set of relationships to, to feel at home. We use that expression in the language. But I, I would suggest that each family, each parish, also has a responsibility in their community 
to look out for people who are in need of help. Look out for people, to talk to people, look out for families at the school, mm. look out for opportunities within the community, you know, fun fairs, uh, street parties, mm. uh, ways of including, establishing relationships, trying to build that security, the sense of belonging, the, the, the sense that things will be there. Yes. Next month, next year, and, and I can come back to that and that, flourish. Good point. And it's mm. like that safety net. It seems to have disappeared. Mm. It was around in my parents' time. It was probably around in your parents' time, I'm sure. Mm. But it seems to have disappeared. And societies, and you talk about, you've spoken about this, local communities, it just seems family breakdowns, it's all contributing, isn't it? It, it, it is. The whole, it's just a vicious circle. Yeah, we tend in many areas not to know our neighbours. Yeah. Yeah, as, as, as we used to. Um, Kids don't play in the streets with their next-door neighbours, things like that, simple things. That's right. And it requires effort. It requires allocation of some of our time, some of our, uh, our precious time. Cars made a difference. Yeah. We, we tend to get a car at our place to go down to the milk bar. And, yeah. um, I'm sure that's we're not the only ones. But it, it, the, the central bit there, I'd suggest, though, is valuing, you know, adver- adverting to the value of these supportive, enduring, loving relationships. Yes. And and then making sure that in our own intimate environment, our own families, that, that, that we're taking that as seriously as we should and then extending beyond so that yeah. This this, uh, this 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 comfort this sea. I think Mao Mao actually used this about the the Carters and the, the Red Army that uh, they, they were the fish in the sea. They were at home and comfortable among the people. Yes, yeah. that, that that metaphor holds yeah. for us too. I think that's the gospel calling. Yeah, love of neighbour. And in terms again of people who are struggling, struggling families. Are there any organisations out there? Uh, that can assist people. I mean, people, someone who might be listening to this. Absolutely. The, I'm most familiar with the, the organisations of the Catholic of Church. Of course. And there, St Vincent de Paul Society. In, in nearly every parish, there's a conference where they have family visitation. Yes. Material aid, vouchers um, for, for all sorts of expenditures, referrals to other services. There are specialist services for young people in trouble, people with mental health, so St Vincent's Hospital Mental Health okay. Clinic. Yes. Uh, people with the threat of homelessness. Uh, Vincent Care is part of a network. In most of, in most of these big recognised issues, there's a network of agencies, and the Catholic agencies are part of that. It's often easier for people to approach a Catholic agency just from a cultural comfort most archdiocese, most most dioceses around the country have a Catholic care. They provide family support services, counselling, in particular some material aid, a range of other services depending on the part of the country. But they're also a point of referral, so people can call, and even if they don't provide emergency housing, family violence response. Etc. They can refer you through to people okay. that do. We get a lot of mm. calls at Catholic Social Services and our, our website um, www.css.org.au. 
www.ngoi.org.au. We get a lot of inquiries through there. People look at our members, the range of services that our members offer. It's got contact details there. We get phone calls. We get we get phone calls every day with inquiries about every sort of particular pressing issue. Yes. And we can refer people through to the relevant member agencies if there is one or to the, the, the government services or the, the great work being done by Salvation Army, by Anglicare, Uniting Care, the other bodies in society. Yeah, that's good. So if someone does have a problem, they can ring you and you can direct them to the right area. That's correct, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good to know, mm. actually. Yes, so the services are at the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff in many right. cases. And when we look at those services, the people working in those services are aware of the, the steps that need to be taken, steps that we're all called to be taken of building the more inclusive society, of helping families in difficulty, helping individuals that aren't fitting in so that we can extend, I guess, this, this network of, of love and support that a family at its best exemplifies to encompass everyone in the society. Mm. Whatever the circumstances, whatever the state of society, it's going to be people doing better than others, it's going to be people falling through the cracks, it's going to be families that are dysfunctional, Families that are that all are families are dysfunctional to some extent. Let's be honest. <laughs> in, 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 indeed, and a, a, a key aspect of a healthy family is the resilience, the, 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 that enduring commitment to to bouncing back, to returning to the fray, to to rebuilding whatever happens. Dennis, I think we're out of time. I could talk to you for a lot longer. It's a very important issue. Thank you very much for coming in today and talking to me. Thank you, David. All the best. Thank you to guest Dennis Fitzgerald. A reminder, information about Catholic Social Services Victoria can be found at www.css.org.au. If anything in this podcast has raised issues for you, there are organisations that can assist, including Relationships Australia, Beyond Blue and Lifeline, among others. Make sure you subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode. And remember to visit www.magellan.media for more details or to leave a comment. You can also leave a comment on our Figuring Out Families Facebook page. Thanks for listening. I'm David Ahern. Until next time, this has been Figuring Out Families, brought to you by Magellan Media.